The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Anne Latini. Anne is a graphic designer living in Los Angeles. As she was finishing college, Anne found herself entering into a relationship that checked all the boxes of what she felt an adult relationship should be. But a few years later, her life started to stray from her plan, and when it suddenly all blew up, she had to figure out what to do next. Hey, Anne, how's it going? I'm good. How are you, Brian? Doing pretty good. Just at home all the time, every day. Hanging tight, hanging solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for doing this. Um, yeah, what what did you want to talk about today? Yeah, I'm going to tell you about the time I got like slam dunk dumped um, in, <laughs> to, in January of 2017. But... Um, the story starts in 2013, um, back when I was living in Boston. It was my senior year of college. And uh, by that time, I was pretty much working full-time at like an ad agency and taking classes half of the time. Um, so there, and uh, I had just come out of a, what I would consider like a pretty serious college relationship. Um, I was dating a guy who I was like very much in love with and we had a great run, but we each had like some shit to figure out as happens a lot. Senior year of college, you just kind of like realize your lives are going to go in different directions. So we had broken up and, um, I was like, cool, single for senior year, <laughs> time to party, <laughs> time to become the fun version of myself that I'm sure is down there somewhere. Yeah. Um, like this person exists and I'm going to find them. Yeah, I'm going to figure out what it means to be fun, yes. and Like, let's discover that. Um, so I quickly, immediately wind up in another serious relationship, which was not my goal, but uh, was the result. <laughs> How long had it been in the, the gap between those two relationships? There was basically no gap. So we had broken oh, up. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's it's terrible. I think, so you're familiar with some of this story. I think looking back, you're going to see all the red flags that I am now capable of seeing, but was not seeing at the time. So there was no gap. Um, we broke up. We were uh, thinking about getting back together. It was like not going well. And I decided to follow through on a lead. I had been at a, um, a photography show gallery opening um, one night for class. I was in a photo uh, studio photography class. And uh, I went to this gallery opening and this very handsome man chatted me up. <laughs> and I was like, not, I had to go for class. I wasn't like interested in being there really. I just kind of had to like show up and show face. And all of a sudden it's like, in my memory, eight feet tall in reality, like six, one, I don't know, uh, eight feet tall Scandinavian model walked up behind me and was like, Hey, do do we know each other? And I knew that was a line, but I was so <laughs> fine with it uh, that uh, I was like, uh, no, I don't think we do, but like we could, whatever. So it became this whole thing. We like chatted for a while. He was like very obviously like textbook flirting with me, um, but I had this whole crumbling relationship going on in the background, so I didn't really fall through on it. But when the crumbling finally became crumbs, 
I decided to follow through on it. So we started dating and this was spring of, uh, spring of 2013, my senior year of college. And, um, it just was really nice. He was, he, he seemed to have his shit together. He had a, he had graduated the year before. So he like had a full-time job. He had goals. He had a studio apartment. So for you, somebody who's like, has their life together in this way, you're like, whoa, this is what I want to be in a few oh, months yeah. or now. And yeah, this is the next stage for me. The yeah. And it's like attractive me, to see somebody with that. Right. I was like, I've always been the kind of person who like thinks of my life in the in terms of like what's the story arc here like where are we got like <laughs> you know like act one we were with this like kind of cool funky guy and now like act two we're like gonna be polished like all right this is it for me I've got my stuff figured out I got this job set up for after graduation I got this like cool new boyfriend we're like ready to go this is cool lock it in. Yeah, so the real fun Anne didn't really get a chance to come out. Immediately, story arc Anne came up and was like, nope, this is the next step. Fun Anne, you got to take a seat. Yeah, uh, we. the truth is, Brian, we may never know what fun <laughs> Anne looks like. <laughs> She'll just always be a possibility okay. that we'll just maybe never, never meet her. Um, so new boyfriend Gus, who I've now like charted my life out with, we are going to move to New York together. And that was like a big goal for me um, was to move to New York. And I, I'm a graphic designer, so I wanted to either work in like advertising or publishing. I was still kind of figuring that out at the time. He worked for himself. He's an independent contractor photographer. He kind of worked from anywhere. And I think he had always wanted to live in New York. He grew up in uh, the Midwest. So he was like, New York was kind of on his bucket list too. So we did it. We moved in together in a, um, and now I think this is important. So I'm going to say it slowly, 250 square foot apartment. <laughs> in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. That is a very small apartment. Yeah, I've been in this apartment. It is a cool... One, it was a really cool apartment. I would... I've never lived in Manhattan and don't really have dreams of living in Manhattan, but I was like, if I were to live in Manhattan, this would be like where I'd want to do it. And so I do think, yeah, it was a pretty cool setup. Uh, The thing I was going to ask is like, how long of you dating in Boston had it been before you were like, let's just move in together and move to New York all at the same time? um a year a year okay. i think yeah yeah so we had uh we moved to we met in like march i guess of 2013 and then we were like together for a full year and we moved to new york together the fall uh june of 2014 okay yeah so a june little over July, a year like yeah, yeah 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 so a little over a year um so like we had just had like a ball in boston it was nice like all our friends were there and we were moved to New York at the same time or like within a month of another couple friend of ours, um, Mike and Marlene, who were like very, very dear to me and I've been friends with for a really long time. Um, so basically like the four of us kind of all moved to New York together. We hung out a lot and we spent a lot of time together and we would travel together and it was great. It, for me, it was like perfect. It was, I had ever, I had all of my boxes checked. I had a cool new job at a magazine. I had like, a handsome boyfriend with a job I could brag about. And I had like my best friends nearby. It was like, check, check, check. I'm good. I'm solid. Um, we had like rekindled a friendship with you and my, my sister was around and like everything was perfect. Um, so that's <laughs> 2014. <laughs> <laughs> 
anybody who knows anything about 2015 and 16 knows that uh, the world became quickly became a pretty big dumpster fire um, for like a lot of reasons, um, not just my personal reasons. So we can we'll like skip ahead to I'm going to say 2016. Um, by now, we've been living together in this tiny apartment in the Lower East Side for two years, I guess. And like, I don't know, things are fine. It's hard to live in close quarters with somebody like that. Uh, yeah, and this is what, whether it's you like, like them it, or not. <laughs> there's basically just it's one bedroom and then like an open kitchen, everything else room. <laughs> yeah, including home office for him because he works. Oh, yeah, home. yeah. Uh, he, he becomes really focused on buying an apartment in New York. That's like his next professional goal for himself is that he wants to buy an apartment in New York. So I'm obviously like next step house. Like, that's great. That's perfect in my story. Arc. Yeah, let's, you're you're let's... still running that thing of like, great, we're professionals. We both have our place together. We have our lives together. This is the next step. So he's like, yeah, this is what I think it is. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You're both like yeah. still on these paths together. And I'm like, cool. Like, I can't buy a house. But if you can buy a house, I'll like make that house a nice place to live, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and is there part of you that's like, oh, and we'll probably have more space if it's something that we can like, th- is that like one of your if we're going to get a house, it needs to have another room definitely. or something yeah definitely i'm thinking we're gonna upgrade this is gonna be great and we so we start looking at places and like new york city real estate not really not is not exactly forgiving so we start looking at places like kind of far out in like bushwick and far out in brooklyn which is like fine by me um but suddenly we're looking at places that are kind of the same size as our current place except they're in like much more inconvenient and unattractive neighborhoods so <laughs> I start to get cold feet. I'm like, look, there's no reason to do this just to do this. Like, we don't have to move. And I remember now one night we got into a conversation where he was like, well, I really want to do this. I really want to buy this property. And um, I was like, but I don't want to live in that property. Like, I don't. And so we had this whole weird conversation, which now, again, hindsight 2020, this should have been the breakup. But uh, so he we had a whole conversation about like, what if you bought that house and you went and lived in it and I just moved in with friends and got roommates again and we just didn't live together and you could still buy this house, but like when we'll still be together, but like you'll go live in this house you want to live in and I'll go do something else, Um, which we decided against. But ultimately I think we were both probably dancing around a truth we had not yet arrived at. Um, Yeah. I guess it's like there was a bigger conversation happening in this smaller conversation or it's still big, a conversation of like where we're going to live, but there is this like bigger thing of like, what does this mean for us? If, yeah, I guess it's like the, the idea of we're making a choice together or not. And it was sort of like, it seemed like partially so cool. Weirdly, really cool with the idea of like, what if you went and lived in the house without me? But ultimately I think that like, kind of freaked him out freaked me out too so we did he didn't buy the house and we uh we just like go on living together um at this point also i'm like two years into the job i had gotten when i moved to new york and things were not going well there um i work in magazine publishing famously volatile industry (laughs) (laughs) and i worked for a brand that was struggling and um the the struggles of the brand had kind of bled into the um the dynamics of the team and it was a very toxic place to be i had a f- one good friend there but mostly like, I, my boss was kind of difficult the boss who had hired me was no longer there the new boss was kind of difficult like things were bad and i was 
I invest, I personally invest a lot of my like uh, well-being in how work is going uh, at any given time. So that was like not a great like mental health era for me. I was struggling and I was kind of down a lot because um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to follow through on this career that I had been excited about and invested a lot in. So um, I was pretty down on that. And then um, also it's 2016. So like Donald Trump is a whole thing that's going on. And um, I think everybody can kind of remember like how they felt about Donald Trump when like it first started to happen. And you're, you start to get this like weird feeling in your gut of like, but this can't, no, wait, we aren't <laughs> really, are we gonna, are we gonna, no, we can't. And like, just that kind of anxiety. Yeah. But he came down on the side and he, he's from a liberal family. And like, I think, I thought was a liberal guy, but he decided that he thought it would be a great idea if Donald Trump became president. Oh man. So he would talk about it sometimes about how like, maybe we need to shake things up. Maybe we need somebody in office who's not a politician. And that was like kind of a line. Some people I think were playing with. Um, and he kept promising, I'm not going to vote for him. Like, I, I, Oh, I'm not going to vote for him. I'm just thinking like, maybe it won't be the worst thing if he wins. And I just remember always asking, like, okay, but how do I know you're not going to vote for him? <laughs> um, are you sure? Because you really seem like maybe you're fine with it. And he would talk about we'd be, like, out to dinner with friends, and he would bring it up with them, and they would look at me like, what? what is he talking about? And I'd just have to throw my hands up and say, like, I don't, I've tried. You have to try now. Your turn. Like, you're, I'm tagging you in. Talk him <laughs> out of it. But I couldn't talk him out of it. And it became a pretty big, like, rift in our relationship yeah like this is this thing that you just can't yeah path that you can't like go down yeah and at the time like all of these things are coming out for the first time so like the access hollywood tape for the first time comes out and i'm like now now will you write him off like now will you say it's a bad idea and he's like i don't know it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me like Ooh, uh, it was so scary uh so. yeah oh god yeah it's like that idea of a concept more than a real thing like in yeah. concept like this thing makes sense but then when you're like looking at the actual person who is doing this you're like but why this and i'm starting to think like what is it going to take like what is it going to yeah, take exactly. all the awful things exactly. that he's doing what is it going to take for you to be like no we must not have him in office like what what what's gonna what news will have to come out to tip you over that scale i don't know we voted together on the same day. He says he voted for Hillary Clinton. I can't really be sure. Um, so that's November. I feel like the next couple months, um, not just for myself, but maybe for most of the country, were like a blackout de- depression blur. Yeah. Um, I had also just experienced like my friend passed away. Um, the the morning, I, like the night of the election, I went to her wake and then the next yeah had to wake up the next morning to the news that donald trump had been elected and then get dressed all in black and go to her funeral man that is wow it's like it was bleak bleak like the bleakest of bleak just the metaphor is not a metaphor you're actually at a funeral (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh boy yeah yeah so so that like that's all of these emotions are like in the soup pot now. We've got crazy job, we've got crazy political situation, we've got 
rocky relationship that I'm just like plastering over all the cracks because I can't have that be a thing that's like going wrong. Uh, all in the soup pot, all of the bad shit just like stirring around. Um, then it's Christmas. We spend Christmas together. He comes to Christmas with my family. It's nice. Um, after Christmas, he goes home to Minneapolis for like a week um, to spend time with his family. So while he's gone, I throw a big New Year's Eve party. And I had always thrown New Year's Eve parties when we were living in New York. And we had always kind of done it together. I'd throw the party and he'd help me. Um, and it was really nice. And that year I had to do it all by myself. And the next day after the New Year's Eve party was over and I was cleaning up everything myself. And I came to the realization that it was so much better when we were doing it together and that I was going to, I was going to like reinvest myself in this relationship because it was worth it. And those kinds of things were better with a partner. Um, and I enjoyed doing them more with him than I enjoyed doing them by myself. So I, I decided that when he came back from Minneapolis, going to like make a point to reinvest um, and try, try again, try hard again um, at making it work. Because when you're living together with somebody, the breakup is so much more menacing than it is if you're not living with that person. Yeah, like the concept of a breakup, right? Like that idea of yeah. like, oh, if this happens, this is so much more of a disruption to my life, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, I knew I knew that if we broke up, we had come to a point we were together for like three years. We had come to a point where like if we were to break up, it was gonna my whole life would explode. So I rather than that happening i was just gonna like hunker down and make it work so he came back from minneapolis and i'm like full steam ahead ready to have this conversation about giving it like my best shot and he sits on the couch and he is clearly nervous and he looks at me and he says i am moving back to minneapolis this is over verbatim that's what he said that's, like that's, that's the whole what he conversation that's the whole conversation and I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't understand anything about what's happening right now. Um, but it became really clear to me that that was like the end of it. Um, we're still in this tiny apartment. So I just like kind of like go into the other half of the apartment. And I got obviously very sad and cried a lot. Uh, and at one point he like came into the room with a box of tissues. And I just like, screamed at him. Just get out. <laughs> you can't help me right now. Like, I don't want your fucking tissues. Are you fucking kidding me? You did this. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was pretty bad. Um, and we had to continue to live together for a week. He was going to leave New York in a week for good. That was like the end. He was like, I'm done with New York. I'm done with you. Uh, the chapter, as far as he was concerned, was closed. So we had a week together and it was the best week of our relationship. <laughs> um, we hung out a bunch and um, I went to the Women's March, uh, which was, was a thing that was happening that week. Um, and, uh, and our last night together, I decided that I was going to cook him a you're going to regret this meal. <laughs> and um so I, I like i really i went to town i made all his favorites i made a really good chicken pot pie best chicken pot pie i think i've ever made <laughs> and i've made a couple chicken pot pies but that one had um the secret ingredient of uh vengeance in it so uh i made a chicken pot pie and i made bananas foster and we played scrabble which was like our favorite thing to do we played scrabble and i 
beat him in Scrabble, <laughs> which I which I didn't do often. So I'll never really know if he let me win or not. He says he didn't. I don't know if I just had like that upper hand of like the high road or what, but like, I don't know. And the next morning, so we eat this like delicious meal and hang out and it's all of his favorite foods. And I'm just thinking the whole time that you're going to miss this. You're going to miss this. And he goes home to Minneapolis and we decide before he goes that this is a trial. He's going to be in Minneapolis for like a couple months and then he has to come back to New York for work and we'll talk again then and we'll just like see where we're at in our lives. We just need like to to spend some time apart and like think about what we want to do. Yeah, like that was the thing I was going to ask you, because if like you're having this really great week together after this thing is like ending was there that part of you that was like, can we fix this? Especially because in your head, you were hoping to like reinvest in the relationship before he said this to you. Was that something that you were like, oh, maybe he's wrong and we can make this work? Yeah, maybe we just need like a new setting or maybe we just need a different. We just need to shake things up. I was so invested in the story of we met. It was cute. He has a cool job. I have a cool job. This is our life going forward. It's planned out. Like, this is what I want. I wasn't super committed to him. I was just, like, committed to this version of myself that uh, that I wasn't ready to give up. So we had talked about maybe moving to Minneapolis before. So I was like, okay, fine. I guess I just have to move to Minneapolis to make this work. That's going to be it. So I apply for a job at the Minneapolis Star Tribune. I get an interview. I nail the interview. They invite me out to go interview in person and meet the team. And it gets like this. It happens so quickly. uh, And it gets so far that eventually I'm like, okay, I have to let him know that this is happening. And so I, we had started this whole weird like email exchange. It was very like professional and cold and like just transactional about like getting his things from the apartment and paying the rent and like just so clinically cold and awful. And uh, so I had to insert into there like, Hey, I got a job off here in Minneapolis. Like what's your take here? And he just was like, if that's what you want, you should go for it. So it gives like no sense of what that means in the context of what you guys are. It's almost more yeah. like, well, the, you know, if that's something you want to do, you should do it. Right. But don't make that decision based on me. It was the subcon- subtext there. Yeah. Like I was willing to kind of make this move and then this is my response. So like, okay, yeah. ma- this is not, I guess like that's probably the moment that you're starting to really move on from this. Yeah. But or like realizing move ho- on. Yeah. 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 Like, yes, I was very much not trying to make it work anymore, but we have this like impending meetup rehash like conversation on the books for I want to say it's supposed to be May but then he doesn't come in May and then it's supposed to be June and like I don't even really remember what month it wound up being but I really wanted to make him have that conversation (laughs) I really wanted because he said he would and I didn't I did not want to let him off easy at that point I was more invested in just making sure that I left this relationship on the high road so I just wanted to make sure, like, you're not getting off easy. You have to show up and do this, follow through on this thing you said you'd do, even though it's obviously going to be awful and uncomfortable. So you, like, next time in New York, you're in New York, we are going to sit down and talk about how this went. Because I had some 
concerns about the way that our breakup went, not just between the two of us, but the way that he had handled things with New York City. <laughs> uh, he didn't say goodbye to anybody. He didn't say goodbye to Mike and Marlene, the friends who we had moved to New York with, we had traveled extensively with, who were like our best friends. Well, my best friends. And uh, he didn't say goodbye to like anybody. And he just bailed. So when I kind of wanted to just communicate, I wanted to have this closer conversation as a way to be like, here's all the things that you did wrong in breaking up with me. And here are my notes and you can take them so that you will never do this to anyone ever again. <laughs> um, this is just simply not how it's done. Um, so eventually it happened. He comes to my neighborhood. We go uh, to this Italian place and we um, sit and have the most like disturbingly cordial dinner. It's very short and basically like, hi, how are you? How is your mom? How's work? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just, we don't talk about anything of substance at all. And I got home and I remember thinking that wasn't the conversation I came to have. Like, I didn't get to do it. I didn't get my moment of uh, Yeah, you victory. had like pumped yourself up to like have this thing and be like, I want to be honest with you about what went wrong and what you probably like had a hand in doing wrong and like how this could have gone better in the future. Yeah. And when you're... Yeah, and you're just kind of like, you walked away being like, wait, I didn't get to have this conversation. It wasn't cathartic in any way. I didn't get to, like, express the emotions to him that I never really expressed. I I, I emailed him, because it's the only way that this relationship functions at this point is over email. I emailed him and I said, look, I don't know if you feel this way, but that was not the conversation I intended to have. I would really like to give this another go. Can you meet me tomorrow? And he writes back and says... Yeah, that wasn't exactly what I was thinking it was going to be either. Let's meet up tomorrow. So he meets me t the next day by the piers downtown and uh, near where my office was. And then we like really get into it. And I because I come prepared with notes um, and I tell him you left without saying goodbye to anyone. You uh, you don't seem sorry. Um, I have to start my whole plan over again and i had it so freaking figured out and you ruined it and i wanted him to be sorry i just like really really wanted him to express some sort of remorse over how he had handled it yeah you wanted you wanted to know that like this substantial your rela relationship that you were in for a big part of your like adult young adult adult life like meant something to the person that you were in the relationship with yeah I, I wanted him to say, wow, this sucks. Like, literally, I would have I would have settled for a wow, this sucks. Too bad it didn't work out. You're great. If only it had worked out. Like, any of that would have just been just music to my ears. It would have been the best thing ever. But couldn't couldn't squeeze any juice out of that lemon, unfortunately. Um, and that devastated me maybe more than the original breakup. So that conversation was over. He said a bunch of things that like were so terrible. I've kind of vowed to just never repeat them about um, how I how I was a like a buzzkill and I was really like a negative person. Which meanwhile, I'm like, look at the world around you and everything bad that's happening. It's not me; it's society. But also, if I had three dollars for every time somebody called me a buzzkill, I'd have bought you that house in Bushwick, baby. Sorry. <laughs> buzzkill is kind of part of my whole brand <laughs> um, you should have been aware of that going in that's not news to me um but uh all this just like terrible stuff about how 
I couldn't blame him for my for being unhappy and just like he just doubled down on all of the awful. Yeah, instead of like uh, in that moment having months away from this thing, just trying to be like a human, it was just the in like getting kind of this closure that would have been probably good for both of you. It was like, nope, I'm not letting this happen. I wasn't in it for purely selfish reasons. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. he needed it too. Like yeah. I was, I thought it would be good for us to just be like. Both of us are now going to have to go through the rest of our lives having this in our past. And wouldn't it just be better if we like tied it up in a nice bow and like hugged and went our separate ways? Like, wouldn't that be better? Yeah, like took a few happy memories and a few lessons from it and moved on. And then it's like, no. Sand out the edges and just be able to put the picture, put the book up on the shelf and like, oh, that was nice when we were together. And instead he said, well, you'll always be my New York girlfriend. (laughs) So, so that's what I got out of that. And I was devastated. And I immediately went to a bodega on Franklin Ave on my way home. And I bought myself a s'mores pop tart (laughs) to make. (laughs) And then I took it home and I ate it in bed and I texted you and you said, how you doing? And I said, I got a pop tart. And you said, that sounds like a good plan. (laughs) And I felt better. So, okay. Spring forward to... November 2017, so like a full year after the um, the election, my magazine folds. I get a new job offer uh, in Los Angeles, and I get the opportunity to prove him wrong because one time he said to me during this breakup, "You'll never leave New York," and so the <laughs> to which at the at the time I was like. Yeah, why would I, you idiot? But um, now I had an opportunity to leave. And I took this like dream job in Los Angeles. It was like a huge, big risk for me um, to professionally and socially because I didn't really have friends out here or anything. It was a big opportunity for me. And to be honest, I wouldn't have considered it if we were still together. It just feels crazy to me now. Like if we had stayed together, I never would have taken my dream job and moved to an awesome new city and made a bunch of awesome new friends yeah like i guess like in those months when he moved out and you were just kind of left in new york by yourself in you know as you were saying in that like few months leading up to this conversation that happened when he left you were saying like you were struggling with your job and you were kind of struggling with just the state of the world um like, was it, I don't know, like, what what did it feel like to just kind of be past this relationship and then kind of have to kind of deal with the state of the world in a little bit? Yeah, I kind of just had to decide, like, okay, this story you've written for yourself and all these things you're really attached to, uh, your, like, 10-year plan, you don't have those anymore. So, and also, your foundation of what you understand your life to be is also, like, totally cracked. So you got to build it back up. And I had an opportunity to start start from scratch, which was wild. So February of that year, I'm like right about, I'm just about to move out here. And um, I'm visiting with my mom to look at apartments. And I get an email. My mom and I are out to dinner. And she goes to the bathroom. And I pull out my phone like any self-respecting millennial. And I check my email. <laughs> and um I have an email from him that he had heard through a mutual friend that I was moving to LA and that he had just finished a road trip out to California in his brand new Tesla that he paid for with Bitcoin. 
<laughs> um, so he had just taken a, a Tesla road trip out to California. And boy, I was going to love it. I was going to be so happy there. <laughs> and I finally got my moment of closure. I just never emailed him. <laughs> I left that motherfucker on email red. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, that was our last communique. Yeah, it's so weird. I guess it's like, I, I always feel like those moments when you are in that state of like transition in your life and then like you have that like, oh, weird. The like blast from the past kind of in that moment is always interesting because I feel like it all you always see it in such a different way. And I feel like you've probably already gotten to the point where you're like seeing this whole relationship in a different light. But it's like, yeah, for you to look at it there and just be so kind of disconnected and past it and like, mm-hmm. yeah, ready to start this new chapter in your life. Yeah, I knew in that moment when I was reading the email, I was like, oh, there's no behavior here that I feel I need to correct. Like, yeah. you are no longer my, you are no longer out there in the world being a reflection of me. Yeah. So at that point, they were like, okay, I'm past having to feel like I owe this person anything and can just like be in my new life. Yeah, I was got really tired of telling people because every interaction we had from the breakup to the conversation to like all the emails in between, every he took every opportunity to be kind of shitty. So then when I would like talk to my friends about it, I just constantly had to tell them stories where I got talked to in a bad way. I just was like really tired of being like, yeah. And then he treated me poorly. And then he talked to me like I was an idiot. And that, so it was just like embarrassing. I was tired of telling that story about like being totally crapped on all the time. So yeah. this is the first time where he wrote to me and I was like, you're your own problem now. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not responsible for this anymore. Yeah, like your behavior is yours alone. So um, and he has like no social media presence. So I have no idea where he is in his life. <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't feel like you have to put any kind of time or emotional energy or anything into this thing anymore. It's just like, OK, I just get to have the life that I'm happy to be living right now. Yeah, and it's a life that I didn't plan for, um, which is really a crazy thing to think about because I like to plan. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing all of that. Do you have anything you want to tell people about? Uh, yeah, I, I'll plug. I'm going to plug magazines in okay. general. I think now is a great time to subscribe to magazines. I love them. They're full of great information. Um, usually they have fact checkers, so you can like trust what they write. <laughs> and also they get delivered to your home, which is really important to people right now. And they're, if they're, it's a glossy magazine, you could just like Lysol wipe it down. Perfect. So subscribe to some magazines. Give yourself the gift of joy in your mailbox. I think I have five magazine subscriptions, which is, I feel like, more than anybody these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say, based on my informal survey, you are, you're winning. And I know for a fact that one of them is my magazine. It is. It's uh, probably my favorite, too. So, Oh, I knew that before I took the job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, yeah. thanks so much for sharing, Anne. Oh, thanks for having me. This is how we love, this is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. 
You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.